And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Another day. Another Tuesday. Another regular Tuesday in our new 2023 schedule. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am here, your host, professional, broadcast professional for 34 years media professional. I haven't been a broadcast for 34 years, but anyway. Shout out to everybody who is listening to this program as a podcast. We've got listeners in Canada, India, France, Germany, Spain, the UK. Glad to have all of you with us. And of course, uh, you can join us live over on the video side of things. Uh, we broadcast live to YouTube and Odyssey and Facebook. I don't think we're going to start uh, live streaming to Rumble just yet because nobody's watching us on Rumble yet, uh, which is, you know, that's, that's fine. That's how it goes. Uh, the last, <coughs> excuse me, live chat is open. You can also leave a comment, send us an email live from the bunker at sci fi for me.com. And uh, let's. Uh, let's go around the horn there and say hi to the people who are in the chat. SB's here. Dave's here. Death Angel Shadow's here. Uh, SB says, if my coffee swirls like that, I'm going to have to review the meds I took that morning. Which which uh, swirl? Are you talking about the new the new animation? Yeah. Matuine is here. Happy Tuesday, Ziz. Cam1138. Heyo, your video was hidden even on your own home channel. <laughs> Uh, what abouts here? Ahoy, one and all. Good to see all of you with us. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was time to do a little bit of a refresh on some of the graphics and some of the animation elements and whatnot. What, what we call in the business interstitials, <clears throat> a little bit of, uh, a little bit of professional inside baseball nomenclature industry speak. <coughs> So anyway, all right. So uh, today is kind of some random flotsam and jetsam. We'll 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 follow up on a couple of things. Limited Run Games continues to lose followers over on Twitter. The OGL 1.1 for uh, Wizards of the Coast D and D apparently is now public, and people are going through it with a fine tooth comb, and they're finding things they don't like. And we are <laughs> at the moment. Are we buffering? <clears throat> I don't have a red light anywhere. Are we buffering? Maybe? No? Okay. All right. Cam's got a question about about the OGL, so I do too. We're actually talking over in the Discord about it a little bit. By the way, we have a Discord now. <clears throat> We're actually talking about it over in the Discord, and I, I just threw out the idea maybe we should develop our own RPG. 
Maybe we should do our own, our own, uh, our own game. What? Peanut gallery over here making noise. I don't like, like, like I have time, right? But see, this is, <laughs> this is the, this is, this is the fun part. See, because there are several people who know role-playing games. We could crowdsource this where, you know, somebody could draw the maps and somebody could design, you know, the, the, the mechanics of movement as far as, you know, are we using dice? Are we using uh, flip cards? Are we using, you know, those, sticks and, you know, stone knives and bear skins, you know, all these different things. You know, what kind of characters we have, what kind of scenarios we have, what kind of settings do we have? And it could be a rather interesting adventure. Maybe. Who knows? Cam says... Cam, Cam's a volunteer. Cam's a volunteer. What? What? You're making a bunch of noise over there. Like, you, No? Uh-huh. She thinks she's cute. She's lucky she's cute. <laughs> all right. Anyway, all right. So there is that. We're keeping an eye on that. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't think limited run games is gonna. Um, well, they're not going away. Limited run games is not gonna get too terribly hurt by this, I don't think. But uh, the PR egg on their face is gonna last for a while. Right now, over there, they've lost. Let's see. Saturday, they lost two hundred thirty-three followers. Sunday, three hundred sixty-five. Monday, one hundred forty-two. As of now, right now, today, Tuesday, one hundred fifty-six. So they they're they're continuing to lose followers, but it's not a significant figure. There's a math term for you, those of you who are into math. We give a shout out to Serena Strauss. Uh, she recently we we interviewed her, and I will I will continue to sing her praises because. Not only was she an excellent guest, and it was a great conversation. You should go back and, and watch it if you haven't. But she's <laughs> also the model guest in terms of promoting the interview. Uh, promoted the interview ahead of time. Promoted the interview right before we went on the air. Promoted the interview after we did it. Promoted the interview about a week after we did it. And has reached out to me, sent me an email, says, Hey, we're... I've got all of these other people we could talk about this topic thing that we were talking about. So she's very proactive, and she's also won an award. Reinception, which is her debut fiction novel, well, her debut science fiction novel, just won its fourth award. Uh, this is from the Southern California Book Festival in the category of general fiction. So she's uh, she's been uh, given that award, and that category is um, <clears throat> not just science fiction, but it's an all-fiction category. So it's even a broader uh, broader competition than what you would expect in something like, say, the Dragon Awards or the Hugos or something like that. Uh, Death Angel Shadow uh, is asking, did you see who owns LTG? Are you, are you, do, you mean, do you mean Limited Run Games, LRG? I don't know that. <coughs> um, okay. 
All right, Cam says, uh, we just happen to know a lot of authors, people that might want to produce content to partner with our RPG mechanical system. You know, that's a that's not a bad idea. Keely Chow in the chat. Hey, Keely, good to see you. You know, funny you should mention that because I just posted over on MeWe, as a matter of fact, one of the alternate, one of the alternate platforms. I mentioned that, you know, we're always open to guests. We're always looking to have guests and, and, and people on there. And I got a response from uh, Tori Weisskopf who is the publisher, editor-in-chief, the boss, at Bay and Books. Bay and Books, of course, publishes the Honor Harrington novels, among various other things. David Weber, John Wright, uh, John Ringo, Eric Flint. <coughs> and uh, uh, Tony says, um, give me, give me a, give me, send me an email. Because I was like, you know, who should we get on the show? And she says, well, how about Timothy Zahn? I was like, I'd love to have Timothy Zahn on the program. She says, send me an email. So uh, we're now now that I, I think about this, you mentioned, you know, we've got a number of authors that we've talked with and interviewed over the over the years. And I have I have back and forth conversations with several of them. And, and some of them were willing to tuckerize supporters when we were getting ready to do our first crowdfunding for the for the print magazine. We might still do that. So maybe there's some merit there to sit and say, well, you know, hey, how about we develop this RPG universe? And what if we made it open source? You know, how, how, how computer programs do and computer companies do is say, hey, here's this software and it's open source, which means you can, I mean, the software that we use to broadcast, OBS, it's open source. So people can design plugins and, and add things and add features and whatnot to it. Ah, don't you do that. Don't you do that. Odyssey just reset itself and unmuted itself. I'm going to have to talk to them. That bug has been there for way too long. <coughs> and Death Angels, I see you over there in the in the chat over on Odyssey. Good to see you there, too. All right, so so maybe we do this not necessarily as specifically as an RPG, but maybe we design a story universe of some sort wherein we create not just a game but a story universe where people could write short stories and original fiction. And we could sit there and, you know, this is just open. Anybody can, anybody can contribute. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the legalities would be as far as rights and, and, you know, copyright and that kind of thing. So we'd have to figure out that part. But this is an idea that has some merit. I'm going to have to mull over this for a little bit because, you know, you guys have, have good ideas sometimes. Uh, all right, I'm going to do RPG Open Source Universe. Because who's to, who's to say we couldn't do, you know, we could we could do <coughs> we could do a a a a story universe that has not only dragons but also UFOs and zombies and vampires and we put them all in one space along with 
fancy cars, talking cars, gadget cars, you know, things like the Mach 5 and the Knight 2000, only not the Mach 5 or the Knight 2000. You know, we could take, we could, we could take, okay, you know, elements of you know, similar type of things to, you know, like Lord of the Rings and Dungeons and Dragons, Top Secret, James Bond, Car Wars. I mean, why not? Mad Max with dragons? Sure. Let's do it. Why not? That's an idea. Let, let's let's think on this. <clears throat> uh, yeah, the the magazine could publish the content. Ooh, that's ooh, that's not a bad idea. We could we could post. All right, I'm gonna think of this. I'm gonna think on this. Now the now the now the the juices are flowing there. The players, the players' handbook, the the dungeon master's guide, the brainstorming. Yes, we could do, we could do some stuff like that. Uh, yeah, like Dragon Magazine. Oh, I you know, I like this idea. I I do. It's got merit. <coughs> but well, whatever we do, yeah, Oh oh oh, you know who you know who the villains of this are uh, of this universe could be. Gremlins riding stone Martin weasels. We give the stone Martin weasels saddles, and the gremlins will ride domesticated stone Martin weasels. Those are our villains, folks. It's, I mean, battle orcs got nothing on battle stone Martin weasels. Matt, stone Martin weasels with saddles. And the gremlins ride the stone Martin weasels into battle. Right? <laughs> uh, dire stone heart noise. I think I think that. Uh, what about bros on ponies? Oh yeah, nah. I don't. I. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, but what? Oh, Dave says what? Archmage Stone Martin Weasel is in charge. Um. There's <laughs> just this fan fiction about Gungan seahorses. <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> by the way, hi, Ziggy. Good to see you in the chat. I don't know that I've seen Ziggy in here before. See, here's here's the thing. And this is something that I've noticed over the last couple of weeks, or the last couple of days, I guess. And I'm not saying here's the thing as a as a... As a, trying to do an impression of Culture Casino, I'm going to try to limit my air quotes today, too. <coughs> but I've noticed something over the last couple of days. It started on Saturday. We did Good Morning Multiverse, our first one back on Saturday. And then we posted the the carve-outs of uh, Salacious Crumbs and Triple Bites on Sunday. And all of them comparatively speaking so compared to other stuff that we've posted those three videos have done really well in terms of view count uh good morning multiverse has got something like three times as many views as a normally get and uh same for for crumbs and bites they're over 40 views a piece on those two videos and good morning multiverse is at 166 now that doesn't sound like much but in our sphere, that's quite a bit. 
that's that's a that's quite a jump in terms of performance. And I and I'm thinking, what did we do? What did we do different? <clears throat> and the only thing I can come up with is now that we're now that we're we're totally in 1080 HD. And I don't know if that makes a difference or not, or if it's just you know we're so brilliant, you guys all decided to start sharing links or something. I it, it could be one or the other, right? But anyway, I'm very happy to see all of that. And I'm happy to see new people show up in the chat. It's always good to have new viewers, uh, new people in the audience. And hopefully you stick around. Hopefully you like what you see and hear. And we'll keep, we'll keep going as long as we can go. I mean, I don't know. I've, said, I've, I've told Mindy we're going to get this all figured out right in time for me to retire. So that, that's a ways, a ways away. So we'll see. All right. Um... Christopher asked, is there room for my Piper Sampson teen phys- psychical investigator? I should check out Free League Publishing. They're always looking for new submissions for RPGs. Duly noted. I will make a note. We See, and, and, and that's the thing. Do we publish it ourselves? Do we, do we go into some cooperative venture with other people and try to do some stuff? I don't know. We'll see. One thing we do not want to have... In these RPG, I mentioned we 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 could have the domesticated Stone Martin weasels with the with the gremlins riding it. Maybe we don't need parrots. Uh, article in People magazine: Zoo separates five parrots after the birds were caught encouraging each other to swear at guests. <clears throat> or maybe. Maybe this is our comic relief for the game, right? Uh, <laughs> British Zoo, Lincolnshire Wildlife Center, keeping some of the bird residents' vocabulary limited to G-rated languages proven challenging, and park employees had to go as far as separating five African gray parrots to squash the swearing. According to the Associated Press, Billy, Eric, Tyson, Jade, and Elsie who were all welcomed to the park in August, were removed from each other's presences since they were encouraging each other to curse and rally in expletive-filled rants together. Uh, So maybe that's... Oh, here here we go. This could be a a game scenario, right? The running of the swearing parrots. It's kind of like the running of the bulls. You have to run the... You have to run run the gauntlet... And all the swearing parrots. I, uh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> where did that emoji come from? That's not a that's not a paid membership emoji. I know that parrot. Uh, I don't know about that. What we could do? We could do evil zombie possessed parrots. Maybe. I don't know. It'd be interesting. So, and then on the other side of thing, you know, besides doing the fantasy scenarios, we could do the the science fiction scenarios because. Those things are becoming a little bit more uh, true to life uh, than, than we'd realize. Here's, here's an article, Rebel News. Baby pods and gene editing. <coughs> this is a technology that's in development, folks. This is something that is not science fiction. <coughs> it's a real kind of thing. Uh, the baby growth pod will also allegedly pair with an app for your phone so you can check on your pod baby from the 360-degree cameras included inside the artificial womb chamber. 
cyber Satanism is as fashionable and trendy as a vegan diet. I, this is obviously not completely an objective news article. This is a this is a an opinion piece. Uh, this is Celine Gallus in Rebel News. Who's ready for the future? I genuinely never thought I would have to talk about a subject so at odds with waking reality, a subject so nightmarish it could have been plucked straight from the hit 1999 movie The Matrix. If you ask me, a baby growth pod is mere steps away from keeping humans encapsulated in those sci-fi artificial wombs made to siphon off a human's energy exactly like the machine did from The Matrix. Though this representation of what is practically a large-scale baby farm, which is alleged to be capable of incubating up to 30,000 lab-grown babies per year, is but a conceptual psychotic dream brought forth by a biotechnologist and science communicator Hashim Al-Gaili, Hashim graduated from Jacobs University Bremen, where he received his Master's in Molecular Biology, now in Hashem's dystopian unworldly concept, a futuristic company by the name of Ectolife will be the answer to the world's severe population decline. <sighs> do we want baby pods? Do, do we want artificial wombs? How about no? How about no? Because... Folks, technology can be a good thing. Technology can be a useful thing. Technology can also be abused and corrupted and can do harm, shall we say. It's on. It's on over here. It's on over here. I don't hear you. Did you turn your microphone on? There. See? See? It's not me this time. It was already on, and I guess I turned it off. Anyway. Um, no, I mean, you sit there and you... I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. I didn't do that. It likes doing it on its own. I don't understand that. It's spring-loaded. We need to... You know, we'll, we'll need to tighten, tighten the locking mechanism there, so... Anyway... <laughs> well, you sit there. I did not. I did not mute her. I did not mute her. For the record, I turned the microphone on. She turned the microphone off over there by herself by accident, and then the microphone flipped away from her mouth all by itself by accident. I had nothing to do with it. You probably have a hidden string that you can sit and pull and tug. That way, I can't finish. Oh, it, it was a complete mistake. It wasn't me. Now we don't have to listen to you. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't mm -hmm. have to go through that kind of kind of mechanics. All I got to do is just push the button. Mm -hmm. What about it says <coughs> justice for Mindy? Yes. Anyway, anyway, you, you have was, a point to make. No, you sit there and you talk about the pods and stuff, and it just reminds me because I'm in the middle of well, not the middle of so much anymore, but I'm at the very last book of the Dune series mm. and what they. You know, the genetic workings that they do throughout the ages since this takes over, takes place for such a long period of time with all the different races essentially trying to improve and improve and improve. And then because then 
others can come in and hide certain things to make the creations do what they want with the trigger. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's... I mean, that's I. That's what I was thinking of. And that's only, you know, because, you know, like I said, we're at the end of the book or end of the series in the last book. And it's kind of like, oh, what's the big payoff going to be on this? But anyway, that's where I was just thinking. I know, yeah. random. Well, and, you know, Death Angel Shadow says, eugenics wars, here we come. What about, says, sci-fi stories just prepping people for what's to come. See, the thing is, the the sci-fi stories are supposed to give us <clears throat> they're supposed to give us insights into how we can improve ourselves. That's one that's one kind of thing. You know, new ideas to think about, new thoughts to think, new 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 concepts and things to 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 go about our lives and and make humanity better, right? It and occasionally, like 1984 Animal Farm Fahrenheit 451, they're warnings, they're cautionary tales. To say, hey, you know what? Maybe not go down this path. Um but they always learn the wrong thing. They always learn the wrong thing. They always learn the wrong lesson. And <clears throat> I don't I don't know that we're going to get out of this. I uh, not to sound not to sound black pill. I'm not completely black. I'm charcoal gray pill at this <laughs> point. Um <laughs> because you know, there is there is some hope. I mean, there are some people out there that are sitting there saying, you know, hey, there are there are resources and there are things that you should be doing at home to prepare for in case, you know, civilization collapses and whatnot. And some of that stuff is fairly useful in terms of, you know, putting together a garden and, you know, having having an herb farm and having, you know, vegetables and 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 fruits and stuff in your thing. It's <laughs> it's useful stuff. Whether civilization collapses or not, I'm still going to have an apple tree. You're still going to have a flamethrower. Uh, I hadn't told anybody about that. I, ha I don't have a flamethrower. <clears throat> it would have been nice to have gotten one from Elon, but I don't have a flamethrower. <clears throat> but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we look at all of the different things that are going on, and it does... Uh, it does get you thinking about well, how should I how should I make things a little bit more secure? How do I how do I you know make sure that if something were to happen, like the 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 food shortages, for example, you go in and you go into the store and there are a number of different shelves that are empty. You know, we had the run on the toilet paper and the paper products and paper towels and whatnot a couple of years ago during the pandemic at the very beginning. It's like, okay, well, how do we prepare for these emergencies? You know, uh, blizzard conditions in the winter and we get locked down and, and can't go anywhere because we got a foot of snow out there or two feet of snow or like in Baltimore or up in, up in the Northeast where they get eight foot of snow. Well, how, how do you adjust for that? How do you adapt? How do you, how do you plan for that kind of thing? And it's you know there's some practical things there in terms of, you know stocking up some food and making sure that you've got a generator and and candles and that kind of thing because you 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 might lose electricity and you know there might be you know <clears throat> ways that you can that you can deal with that and it doesn't have anything to do with the collapse of society modern civilization falling apart in a purge or anything like that I mean we're not we're not talking about that happening although summer of 2020 
we saw some of that. I don't know. All right. Uh, Death Angels. I found it funny how they were talking about a chip shortage and went into the grocery store. The snack aisle was barren. It, some of that is the same kind of thing. You know, space balls of the flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, WD, I do have WD-40. Um, will that will that do that? Will WD-40... Uh, Sci-Fi Stuff says, keep the weapons you have quiet. I have no weapons. Some weapons are more quiet than others. <clears throat> but, it, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things. I mean, if you lose electricity. See, and here's the thing. This is, this is something that is concerned to me. Let's say, okay, because we're in, we're in the Midwest. We're in Kansas City. Sometimes our winters can be pretty harsh. Not brutal like they're getting up in the Northeast. But we have had some uh, some winters in the past where things have gotten really, really, really tight, and and electricity goes off, which means you don't have heat. And we have a gas heater. We have a gas. We have gas heat, and we have a gas stove. <clears throat> What's their look in the band? And now we find that the Consumer Product Safety Commission, as part of the President Asterisk administration is looking at a possible ban on household gas stoves because of all of the stuff they put in the air. And the appliance people are sitting there on every kind of cooking surface put stuff into the air. It's not just gas stoves. Electric stoves do it too because you're cooking. You're putting stuff in the air. It's not a question of the of the heat source, it's a question of the ventilation. And here, here we go. Uh, this is New York Post uh, today. <clears throat> Biden administration weighs nationwide ban on gas stoves. Uh, uh, considering a nationwide ban, citing the harmful pollutants released by the appliances, according to a report. The Consumer Product Safety Commission is mulling the action after recent studies showed emissions from the devices can cause health and respiratory problems Bloomberg reported Monday. All right, so I'm, I'm not going to get too far into this, but these, these five people right here <clears throat> who are not elected and are therefore not accountable to the people directly, these five people right here are going to make a decision whether or not you can have a gas stove in your home. This is why elections matter, because... The people we do elect put these people that we don't elect in place and they run rampant and do stuff like this. <coughs> yeah, Cam, they come from the hot water heater next. They they probably will because gas is a carcinogen. And some people are wondering why why the you know about the timing of this kind of thing. <coughs> and I have to wonder. Because our energy reserves are not looking so great. There's a shortage of diesel fuel. We've already tapped into the oil reserves, you know, the emergency oil reserves. And sold them to the communist Chinese government. <clears throat> um, the supply is down. Well, 
if you don't have a gas stove in your house, then you don't need gas. And so you don't need a supply. And it almost feels like this is this is the thinking that we're going through here. Not let's not increase the supply. It's let's decrease the demand by by limiting what you're able to do in your own home. Cam says this is an artificial shortage. Maybe. <clears throat> uh Ziggy says, uh, oh, you're using propane to heat your house. I, I haven't heard anything about propane yet. But, you know, maybe. Uh, Death Angel said the electrical grid cannot handle what they're trying to do. Um, you know, and we limit your resources, then we can control your movement. We limit, we limit what you're able to do so we can control what you're able to do. Right? This is this is straight out of 1984. This is Brave New World. Let's uh, let's introduce that as a module in our game, shall we? <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, the ghost of Dude Bro over on Odyssey says you can make a Minecraft server and put all the stories in Minecraft books. That's a thought. I will admit the old man here doesn't know a thing about Minecraft. I know it's a thing. I don't know. I guess I guess maybe I'll have to see if the kid will give us some Minecraft tips because I haven't I I don't I don't know anything about Minecraft. <clears throat> but it is an option. There's there's a there's a way that we could do stuff like that. And yeah, I see I see ESG becoming a thing with this stuff. If if ESG continues to be a thing. Now if enough people push back on this, then maybe not so much because you know what what do we just see here what last week University of California had to give four billion dollars to BlackRock. Does that mean that BlackRock might be in trouble financially? I mean one could hope because BlackRock is a major source of, of issues for stuff like this. So I don't know. <laughs> anyway, let we'll we'll kick around this idea and some other things here uh, a little bit more. We'll take a real quick break. We'll be back uh, with more brainstorming <clears throat> right after this. Stand by. Broadcasting from a device built by a teenage genius using leftover parts from an erector set. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. It's like okay, hold on. You've got somebody, and all he does is put on some glasses and slicks back his hair, and nobody knows who he is. Nobody recognizes him. It's it's it's, it's like that that uh, that scene in, in the Green Lantern movie where she looks at him and it's like, how? You know, it's like you just put on a mask and you expect me not to recognize you? The H two O podcast Monday night at eight only on Sci Fi for Me TV. Good morning, Multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Back live from the bunker, Jason Hyde here along with all of you. And we're having a good conversation about uh, lots of different things. Oh, Sci-Fi Snob is uh, is giving us some 
giving us some information here. Let's uh, let's break this down here. Uh, M&M's just released a bag of only female M&M's. The good news is they cost only 77 cents on the dollar. <laughs> and yes, after the show is done, you can continue the conversations over on Discord. Cam makes a good point. The culture war is part of this larger issue. Win the culture, win it all. I'm not sure that we're able to win all of it, but I think certainly if we can push back enough to where there's a balance, that's a good start. Uh, It's going to take a very long time uh, before we get to a point where everything is, is somewhat back to, I don't want to say normal, normal ish. Maybe I don't know. I it just I I don't see us I don't see us winning so much as as stalemate at this point. It, it, that could change again. Charcoal gray, not a black pill. There is some hope, <clears throat> but you hope for the best, plan for the worst. Reality drops somewhere in the middle. I would think so. Uh, oh, there is uh, there's an actual. Uh, an actual thing on, uh, let me look at this. Uh, yep, it is, uh, it is real. The, uh, the all M&M, uh, the all female M&M bag. Let's, uh, let's pull this up. What? I had not, I don't know that I, I, no, I missed this. This is CNN. M&M's new all female package sparks outrage. So okay, so this is what we need to do. As one of our one of our game modules needs to be an all female player character uh, module. Uh, New York M and M's is making a statement with his latest candy pack, which features an all female set of characters, including Purple, its newest addition. It's put the company once again knee-deep into Culture Wars controversy. Candymaker Mars announced that the limited edition all-female pack will include only purple, brown, and green. The Candy's trio of female characters were upside down on the package. Why are they upside down on the package? To celebrate women everywhere who are flipping the status quo. Are you kidding me? <sighs> Uh, okay, I, I, that's all I need to see. I, good night. P- <sighs> my, my bingo card continues to be fill in the blank, folks. Uh, I just, I, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do here, folks? Snob says, everyone thinks the snob is joking. I never joke. Well, okay, wait, we're going to. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do that. <coughs> maybe we should maybe we should tell limited run games about the all female imminent. Well, you want to respond? You want to say something? You My response <clears throat> to snob, and I'll probably get smacked by Mister Boss, is that they need to have a bag of the all female M and M's with those colors, but have like peanut butter in there you know a little nutty on the inside and women on the outside (coughs) for the record ladies and gentlemen the woman in the room said that not me just so we're all clear on that (laughs) 
and I don't have anything to say about it at all. This, see, this is the stuff that's getting ridiculous. There was a comment. No, this is what? what's ridiculous, is that you have these people that come up with this, and I'm going to go back, and I'm going to start lumping them with weathermen. I went into the wrong degree for college. You can get a degree in weather <coughs> stuff, be wrong 100% of the time, and still have a job. These people are going to college, paying gosh knows how much, whatever college costs now, and they're making more money than people who actually make sense and do something decent in the world. And it's just... M&Ms are decent. <sighs> M&Ms are decent in the world. They're good candy. No, don't get me wrong. They're, they're fine candy. <laughs> but these people that come up with this stuff... I mean, well, these are look at these are marketing and journalism people who have been told that their job is to change the world. We're going to we're going to make a difference. We're going to have an impact. We're going to do this. And marketing people, marketing from from the standpoint of where I've been for the last thirty four years, marketing and advertising. One of the things that uh, you're trying to do with people is you're trying to persuade them to change whatever behavior they have so they buy what product you're selling. You know, if you're if you're reaching out, if you've got a guy who's been buying Toyota all his, all his life and you want to try to get him to buy Honda, you're basically trying to persuade someone to stop buying a product and buy your product. So there is a certain amount of psychology to this in terms of, we're trying to get you to do something that you wouldn't normally do. So, <laughs> you know, not Hondo, Honda. Hondo is Hondo hasn't shown up yet. I'm I'm expecting Hondo Onaka to show up in in some live action form at some point. Um, well, that's what we've been hearing. Well, it's it's a rumor. Uh, well, well everything's a rumor, and eventually <clears throat> it comes through. Yeah, and probably Hondo has better. <coughs> ethics and half these people that are out there in the world. You know, and that's you know, it's funny because somebody somebody mentioned something about the mafia the other day. It was like, you know, so it's in some in some circles, organized crime probably has better ethics than the government does right now. Uh Kinnard over in the <laughs> Odyssey chat says, I don't do Mars brands anymore. And see, and that's and that's <laughs> the key. That's the key. If you decide that you're not going to spend your money with these companies anymore, that's what's going to get it. That's when to get them, uh, get them to to finally sit and realize this thing. Except, one must ask the question: Are these companies, are these corporations, driven by profit anymore? Because if the ESG thing is an actual real thing to the point where we're going to give you money for the hiring and the diversity and the equity and the inclusion and all this stuff and profits don't matter, then these companies are going to be doing this stuff just to get the money from the government grants and the programs and the ESG stuff and they don't worry about product. <clears throat> they don't worry about profit, which means they don't care what you think. I mean, they kind of don't anyway. But the bottom's got to fall out of it at some point. I mean, it's not like Social Security where it's going to last forever, right? <clears throat> oh, wait. Never mind. And I'm just going to sit there and say that the mafia does have better ethics because if someone does something wrong, they sit there and fire them pretty much <coughs> right away. Government, on the other hand, it takes at least six months. And then if you don't 
dot all your I's and cross all your T's properly, you get to keep the job. <laughs> Mafia doesn't do that. They well, are no BS. You know, six six months to file an application, six months to process the application, another six months to hear back whether or not your application got got the. I I have told this story before. I'll 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 digress into this for just a short little bit. <clears throat> when I was in college the second time around, I did temp jobs through Kelly, and one of the jobs that I had was with a a a, a a veterinary pharmaceutical company, Beringer Ingelheim. And what I was tasked to do was update all of the notebooks for the products. So basically all of the different drugs and the pharmaceuticals that they had for animals, all of them had paperwork <clears throat> because all of this stuff's got to go through the FDA, right? So we had notebooks, and this is, this is back in the day when none of this was electronic, right? We had three-ring binders for everything. So we had these three-inch three-ring binders, that I would go in, and here's all this new paperwork, it's got to be filed, and here's this, punch the, punch the holes, put them in the notebook. <coughs> and some of this stuff dated back 20, 25, 30 years, and the drug still had not been approved by the FDA. Because every single time you make a change, if you change the formula, you change a source for a con an ingredient in the formula, you change the mix, you change a color on a label, you, you correct a, spell, a misspelled word on the label, all of the, any, anything to change. We're using a new bottle, we've got a new lid, we've got a new seal on the lid, we got a new this, we got this packaging, we got that packaging, we had this, this test. And by the time you get to a certain point, now the, the testing stuff that was done is now no longer valid because it's outdated. So now you got to roll through a whole new round of tests and file all of the paperwork and file, file more paperwork and more paper. And finally, the FDA says yes or no. Years of this stuff. <clears throat> so the bureaucracy is real. I don't think that organized crime takes that long. To, to get any kind of thing decided. So, and yeah, there are certain other, other pharmaceutical pros, products that did not go through that kind of a, an approval process, vetting process, effectiveness testing process. <clears throat> we're, 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 and we're paying for it now. If you're going to tell stories about temp jobs that you had, you should tell the story about when your mom was trying to page you with a pager. <laughs> no. Um, there are some people who do not need to have technology in their hands. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say that. Um, yeah. <coughs> and I'm glad I don't have a pager anymore. I'll say that. All right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, back, back in the day, I, I had a, a job at, at one point as a, a delivery driver and... I had a pager, and my mother had the number, and I got caught in traffic. You know, five o'clock traffic in Dallas, As you and my pager is just going off and going off and going off. Saying, "I'm not moving on the highway. It's a parking lot sitting His here." His pager you're was blowing up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course, that was probably before you were even born. Whatever. <laughs> I have a pager. Uh, anyway, all right. So, okay, so. <clears throat> So we're going. To, I'm. I'm going to explore this idea. I'm not. I'm not saying we're going to do it, because who knows uh, what's going to happen here. 
But uh, it, let, let's let's do this in in the Discord server. There is a tabletop thread. So if anybody has uh, ideas or suggestions of how we do this kind of thing, we could we could wool Newton this thing, right? Orcs and elves and Vulcans and dragons and 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 ferrets and and galaxy building mice and whoever else, Kryptonians and and master super spies and talking cars and. Living planets and I mean, it, it, sky's the limit, right? <clears throat> Unicorns and fairies and elves and orcs and what else? Death Angel Shadows sounds a lot like GURPS. I'm not familiar with GURPS, but we can do something really big. <clears throat> but roll it out slowly, right? Because I don't. I don't have that kind of time to do it, but I think I I like the idea. Uh, I like the idea of um, rolling out the beginning of this game, introducing the game in the print magazine. Um, yeah, so that's a that's a thought. Now we got a we got a question here in the chat about SB the Every Fairy. Let's see, is uh, is SB the Every Fairy coming back? Been a year since I've seen her. Um, I have, I, I have had some communication with the every fairy. I need to, we, we definitely are, are planning to have her back. We've got to, we got to figure out scheduling and time and whatnot. She's been going through some, some family stuff. Uh, nothing bad. Just, just, just things to deal with. Like everybody else does. Her, her schedule has been very, very busy and she's been doing some theatrical stuff. Uh, it's like on stage type type of, of performing too. So her schedule has been really, really, really random and, and busy as well. But uh, yes, we are planning to have the the every fairy back, and uh, we'll see we'll see as soon as we can get back. We'll make a big deal of it and we'll get her on there. So yes, uh, GURPS generic universal role playing system. Oh okay okay all right. See I'm old. Atari twenty six hundred is where I tapped out. I played second edition D and D. Back in 1980, I'm not up on all of this newfangled kids. St- you, 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 crazy kids, and your newfangled games and RPGs and and MMORGBQ thing, whatever. <clears throat> so, all right, lions and tigers and bears. Yeah, we could do. We could. <laughs> Mazer's type tapped out with my Vic twenty. My goodness, that's that's a that's a reference. That's a reference. Oh, by the way, uh, if you go over to if you go over to Twitter, I posted on Twitter on Saturday evening a bunch of photographs from some various different things that we've got here uh, in the studio. So because I haven't done a tour yet, I haven't I haven't walked you around to show you everything. But there's a photograph of that Macintosh over on Twitter, and it's on and it's active. It does work. It does work. It will come on. It will power up. I can't do anything with it, but it it does still work. Just 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 to let you know. <clears throat> All right. Oh wow. Dave says still has his Vic twenty and C sixty four Commodore sixty four. I learned my first computer stuff on a Commodore sixty four in freshman year. Freshman year in high school, I think. Sophomore year. No, it's maybe maybe my sophomore year. Yeah, it was my sophomore year. 
Yeah. You have you seen you've seen the reproduction? Have you seen the new one? The the that they rolled out was it last year? Still looks pretty cool. Canard says, "Dag nabbit, you whippersnapper." That's right. Have we talked to you? There, there needs to be okay. This RPG that we're putting together needs to have a lawn module, <laughs> and the only people who can play on that, the characters, not the not the players, but the only characters that are allowed on the lawn module, are over fifty years old character age. So no youngins allowed on the lawn. It's it's the stay off my lawn module, right? We'll do something like that. Are we going to do something? So yes? when are you going to figure out the best way for you and Mr. Harvey to do a promo in a couple chairs in <coughs> the lawn? The Bartles and James spot? Yes. Yeah. I've I been wanting this for how many years? Come on. It's uh, I got to talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. All right, so <laughs> join the join the Discord, join the conversation here. Let's design a game, I guess, maybe, right? Now, the other thing that I want to encourage people to do, we talked about, you know, the 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 old school stuff and the and the the culture war and and all of these things. Let me let me give you an example of why this matters. Because over on Twitter, Imran Khan, who is a, a head of U.S. Uh, PR and producer at My Dearest, he's, he's worked at Game Informer, and, and he's a games journalist and all this. But it makes a, it makes an interesting post here. And I will, uh, let, me pull, let me pull this up so you can hopefully see this. <coughs> a man goes to the doctor. He says he's depressed and nothing helps. The doctor says, you need to see Dr. Isaac the Clown Killer. He's amazing. He's doing real social good. Pagliacci felt a lump in his throat as the door lock clicked. Now, see, some of us are going to look at that and we recognize the reference. I shared this with Mrs. Boss and Mrs. Boss did not recognize the reference. This is why culture matters. This is why it's important for you youngins out there to be exposed and experience the classics, the literature of the day from back in the day, because there are going to be people that are going to look at this and they're going to go, what is that about? Not getting the Pagliacci reference. Now, for those of you who don't get the Pagliacci reference, the original story is man goes to the doctor. I'm depressed. Nothing helps. The doctor says, you need to go see Pagliacci. He, he's, he, Pagliacci was a famous performer. He's a famous onstage clown. He's a comedian. Go see Pagliacci. He'll, he'll, he'll pick you right up. It's great performance. He's brilliant. And he says, doctor, you don't understand. I am Pagliacci. Basically saying, you know, Pagliacci was this, was the, uh, the story. Pagliacci was, was looking for help because he couldn't help himself because he's the one making everybody else happy. And it was draining his energy. This here is a play on that. But if you don't understand that one, you don't get this one. So, you know, we need to we need to go back to the classics. People need to understand the classics so they can do new stuff. 
Uh, Death Angel Shadow says, it was a mod. People would sell a duplicate prom and you cut a leg on the one on the board and piggyback on the other, you get stare. What? I'm, I missed something here. Uh, oh, 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 you guys, uh, all right. You guys are talking about the, the Commodore 64 Vic 20 stuff, not, not the RPG stuff. Never mind. Never mind. All right. That's my, that's my cue to head out. So I start I start seeing things and I don't understand what y'all are talking about. It's time to shut the whole thing down. Done. Ah. Anyway. All right. Go join the Discord. Continue the conversation over there. And uh, tonight, H2O Podcast. I have no idea what we're going to be talking about. This is 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. Hopefully, we're going to be sitting in those chairs right back there. And uh, <clears throat> no show tomorrow. Uh, I will make a note over on the social media stuff. No show tomorrow uh, because we've got a family thing that we've got to take care of. And tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, we have a brand new Blast from the Bunker. This is the co-production we do with R.J. Carter over at Critical Blast. Christopher Hoffman will be sitting in for me. And uh, they, will be uh, they will be interviewing Dr. Michael... Brian, he is uh, author of a number of books examining aliens and the paranormal and UFOs and, and that sort of thing. So that's uh, that's coming up tomorrow night, and we're going to simulcast that like we always do. It's going to go to the Critical Blast channel, and it's going to go to our channel. I don't know if we're going to manage to get it over to... We're going to try to get it to both YouTube and Odyssey on our side, but it'll at least be on YouTube on the both sides. So Critical Blast and us... Uh, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, Blast from the Bunker, our brand new one, number four. We're going to try to do these at least once a month with uh, a little paranormal side stuff. Uh, things that don't quite fit in the box for either one of our channels. We're going we're gonna to dump it down into this, uh, into this conversation. These are good conversations that we have. Uh, speaking of which, the very first one we did was with the guy who designed E.T. and destroyed Atari. So go go back and, and look at all of that. All right, so there we go. <clears throat> Here we go. <sighs> Reminder, everybody. It is your money. It is your vote. You have the power. You have the control. You have the, a way of influencing what businesses do by telling them, I'm not going to do business with you. The media is not your friends. The government is not your friend. They all want you to think there are five lights. But there are four lights. And if you're a member, you can say there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 